You're listening to The Scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Domashevitz. We travel, but still getting into your earballs. Yes, we have changed locations. Maybe there's an echo, maybe there's not. We'll find out when we listen back to this. But we're back with the scrimmage. That's my co-host, Daniel Hargrove. <laughs> I am Justin Domashevitz. We also have our trusty producer, Andrew Gross, here with us. We got lots of stuff to talk about today. Partly how Russell Wilson hurt my feelings. Partly how the <laughs> Seattle media hurt my feelings. Um, but also, hey, we've got football's over. We're going to shift into a little bit of baseball. Yeah, and we actually have a local athlete of the week from something that happened this week. But first, the two-minute drill. Wrong mouse. <laughs> let's go, let's go, let's go. Hello. Gotta hurry, gotta hurry, gotta hurry. Hey, two-minute situation. 44 seconds. Hand the ball around. Gun duel right, gun duel right. Three jet Buckeye. Don't worry. Three. The two-minute drill starts now. Former Mariners ace James Paxton has returned to the Mariners on a one-year deal worth up to $10 million. Daniel, is this free agent signing a signal that the M's think they're ready to compete this season? I know why there's a freaking... <laughs> Justin has his microphone backwards. Yay! Is this better? <laughs> How did we not notice that before? Answer the question, Daniel. <laughs> Uh, I think this is a signal that they found a good deal on James Paxton, who is somebody that they think has an awful lot of talent, and they traded him away for a lot of good things, and now they get him back this cheap? I mean, that is absolutely perfect. Did the Mariners finally swindle the Yankees? Hopefully. Former NBA star Kevin Garnot? Garnot? Kevin Garnett said recently that players from his era couldn't play today, citing today's Hooper's skill and conditioning. Justin, cross-era comparisons are tough with Garnett. I think the same way I think about plugging today's players into the game from the 90s and the early 2000s, these guys would adjust. Like, there are some guys, like a 90s goon probably would not be able to play today, and a guy who's incapable of... Um, it has no beef on him and incapable of doing anything on defense against anyone probably couldn't have played in the 90s I think that is fair to say but most of these NBA players especially the best ones would adjust themselves would adjust their conditioning would adjust their game for whatever era they were in Major League Baseball reportedly has plans to slightly deaden its balls amid a year long a year long wait a years long we are both leaking confidence right now this is the problem amid a years long home run surge in the game daniel home runs are fun do you like this move by mlb i'm i'm really confused by it i think the ml i think mlb wanted the home runs and so they did some things that made them more possible. But now that the game has shifted to the three true outcomes of home one, home run, walk, or strikeout, I think they're trying to make this little change to maybe bring that back a little bit. But I, I don't think that's going anywhere. I really don't. You might see some home run numbers drop this year, though. 
ESPN's Bill Barnwell predicted the New York Giants will part ways with Golden Tate, and the receiver will head back to the Seattle Seahawks on a one-year, $2 million contract. Justin, would you like to see Tate return to Seattle? Meh. <laughs> All right, what's what's your topic that you really want to jump into from that? Um, deadened balls. <laughs> really? So what what do you think they're trying to do? And what do you think is it because of what I was saying that they're afraid of the three true outcomes? So I yeah, probably and I think the way baseball has changed is really boring and like you you might have thought that after watching the home run chase in the late 90s that what would be better for baseball than to have buttloads of home runs. But I think what we've realized is that home runs are only the most fun thing about baseball if they're a novelty. If everybody is constantly hitting home runs, it really takes a lot of the fun out of it. But more than anything, just less movement on the base paths, less plays in the field. Like Baseball is less exciting to watch because more more and more often things are either going over the fence or the guy gets out so or the guy strikes out so i think this is a good move by baseball but i don't think it's just because the balls are live like deadening the balls may help make the game more exciting but i don't think it's the only problem i think that the bigger problem is that analytics have just taken things over yeah that's a huge part of it it also having everything be about home runs takes away from the what's the best word for this this probably isn't the best word but like the multiplicity of of the game like with players because now all you want is home run hitters instead of different types of hitters and different types of players now all you see is dudes who hit the ball out of the park and everything looks the same so i don't know they according to uh, this thing that you pasted in here uh mlb <laughs> anticipates the changes will be subtle and a memo to teams last week cites an independent lab that found the new balls will fly one to two feet shorter on balls hit over 375 feet. Five more teams also plan to add humidors to their stadiums, meaning 10 of the MLB's 30 teams are expected to be equipped with humidity-controlled storage spaces. Yeah, see, this is why I think since the changes are going to be subtle the bigger problem is more about just the way baseball is being played and chosen to be played now and i i do think sometimes when people say things like um and i'm not accusing you of this but i've heard this a lot on some of like the big debate shows everyone strikes out or hits home runs like that it's extreme to say that but it's true if if you're doing it by comparison to the way the game used to be played. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, there used to be a whole bunch of different types of guys. You'd have leadoff hitters whose job was actually to get on base and steal bases and advance and score. And it's just not the way the game is played almost anywhere anymore, which is really unfortunate because it takes away a lot of what's fun to watch about baseball. What You are much more the basketball guy. Normally we hear... The new era guys can't play the old school. Was it interesting yeah, for you to find out the the opposite? So I have two main thoughts on this. One is like I always roll my eyes at the old guys when they say, oh, you your guys are soft. You never could have played in our era. And while like in some cases that's possibly true, 
How many of those guys could you plug into today's game and play in today's game without any adjustment? Not many, because like one of the things that Kevin Garnett points out is that conditioning has to be so different now because, you know, maybe this is a, a fact of um, like you train for um, you train to have better cardio so you can like last longer now. And in the past, it was more like you needed to be really strong to stand up to the guys who were just going to goon you when you <laughs> went to the basket. So in his in his in his early days, because he started in the mid nineties that he probably experienced like the tail end of that era. Um, and yeah, I think he's right, but also he's less the, most of the guys that are in media that talk about this are guys who played in the seventies, eighties and nineties. And Garnett is more like the current player's dad than their grandpa. (laughs) So I think you're seeing a little bit of a guy who played in both eras yeah, and can see more of what the difference was between the two. But to me, it gets blown up because the guys, the media members who are saying things like that, that players from this day couldn't play back in that day, it's always the old guys who think that their era was best. I personally, I, I feel sometimes alone on an island on this. I prefer today's game to the game of the 90s where you could just maul somebody when they were going to the basket. Like I think today's game of a little bit more finesse and strategy is more fun to watch. I I have one disagreement with that. I don't see near as much strategy as much as I do dribbling down and chucking it up from three-point land. Yeah, you're watching the wrong teams. (laughs) Okay, but that's the majority of the teams, though, right? Like, the majority of the teams shoot a crap ton of threes, and most of them aren't, you know, not most of them. Maybe I'm getting away from it there, but it's amazing how many times I'll watch four possessions in a row, and it's dribble down, chuck a three, dribble down, chuck a three, dribble down, chuck a three. Like Maybe it's because I enjoy the... I enjoy the drive and dish game so much, and I think see, I'm fine with that. That's more of what the NBA is now, in my opinion, from from what I watch. And again, maybe maybe we're watching different games. Um, because I you love, you made the point. I love a while Damian ago. Lillard. I love him, but yeah. he does have about six to seven possessions by himself. Well, he'll just come down and cast. And you made the point a while ago that if you turn on a random NBA game and you watch like the Wizards play the Kings or something that those games are much more scattered and like just guys dribbling down and pulling and chucking up threes. Yeah. Um, but like even a lot of the best players like James Harden does a lot of drive and dish. He mm-hmm. dominates the ball like crazy and I don't like watching him, but LeBron does a lot of drive and dish. If you got watch guys like Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard, they have a lot more uh, ball movement in their game. And that is more of what I enjoy watching. And I think since you mentioned Dame, I think the Blazers are somewhere in the middle. Like, they're not quite the boring chuck-up-threes-like-crazy team. Um, And they do move the ball and they do rotate the ball, but they also have great individual players on their team. And actually, in this interview that Kevin Garnett did, he mentioned mentioned three guys specifically for um, helping change the game to what it is now, and it was Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Damian Lillard. So... Three-point shooting is a big part of it, but also the other thing Garnett mentioned was, hey, it, that means that this game is fast-paced, and if you if these guys from the 90s think that they could sprint from corner to corner constantly for 48 minutes and then still have the legs to shoot threes like these current guys do, they would have to completely change the way that they condition. 
So I I do enjoy the way the game is played now, but I think these cross era era comparisons are always difficult because you don't know how different um, Charles Barkley or Carl Malone or some of the great players from the nineties would have done things differently, how they would have adjusted their game. Like Michael Jordan is a perfect example. He didn't start his game jump shooting and jump shooting was never the main part of Michael Jordan's game. Yeah. But if he played in today's NBA, I believe that it would be, and I think he would be great at it. Yeah. I think the one thing that I don't, I don't know, because I love the college game more still. Like, I I like watching the Just NBA, but... Just the college game doesn't exist now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I enjoy watching that, and I think part of the reason why the college game is more appealing to me, especially with strategy, is A, you have to make up for not having the most ridiculous athletes, but also, they have less restrictions on their defense. Like, I don't understand why the NBA continues to make rules to make defense harder just for the reason of making Mm -hmm. defense harder. Like, you can't play a true zone really well in the NBA. I mean, people do, they'll switch up to a zone every now and then, but you can't be in the key. You double teams, it's hard to work with double teams. Like, you can't sit, and even if a random player is just coming over and sitting in the key, isn't that a problem in the NBA as well? Like you can't, you have to actually go and double team somebody. I just saw somebody get pick up a technical foul because of this recently, and it kind of confused me. Well, three in the key on, like there's a defensive three in the key now, yes. unless you're defending somebody, right? Yes. Yeah, there and is. that's stupid. Yeah. Like that is a re that is a rule made just to make defense harder. Like yeah. what is the point of that? I agree with you, and I don't like those rules, and well, I also don't like points, the Daniel. exactly. So that I think it's some of those things yeah. that frustrate I don't me. Like it's the, like why the are you artificial? Why are you artificially making defense harder? Like the hand-checked and the soft foul rules, I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Like if you're – I don't think they should have adjusted the rules the way they did to make for so much more offense and more – I like the rules that they've changed about like intentional fouls and flagrant fouls and like trying to prevent the things that people do that will actually like injure someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree with you on that. And I, I always have liked the college game better and I always will like the college. The reason that I enjoy and appreciate the NBA is because you're just watching the greatest athletes in the world do things that are just jaw dropping. It's understandable. Not defensive things though. Yeah. They, they only like blocks from the, from the back. Like the lockdown defenders are few and far between. And they're always annoying. Why is that the case? Why can't we have a lockdown defender? That's not just a little Twerp. <laughs> Are you thinking of Pat Beverly? Pat- yes, Patrick I'm Beverly? thinking of Patrick Beverly. Yeah. And I and Bruce Bowen yeah. from a little bit. Oh, gosh, can't you just have someone who who's just plays good defense? Do you want to address the Golden Tate thing at all? I don't. Do we need Golden Tate? Well, so I don't think we have a spot for him. Honestly, I feel mm. like he'd fill the uh, locket spot. But no, he'd be a slot. But he'd receiver. be older. Lockett's been playing from the slot, hasn't he? Lockett plays a lot from the slot. Yeah. he's not purely there no, because he's, he's well, so also good. DK played from the slot. Yeah, like, exactly. The guys but but Lockett plays more from the slot than normal top one or two receivers. I think the idea would be Golden Tate would be your third guy, and he'd be your slot well, guy. And I just think I haven't been watching him closely i feel like he wouldn't be a better third guy at this point in his career than our younger guys specifically i'm thinking the seahawks Swain younger guys and, yeah 
Yes, thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Specifically, well, we just talked about we basketball for talked, like five we minutes. Justin yeah. out of bas- I fell asleep like four times. <laughs> uh, you can go back and look. Uh, <laughs> I, Freddie Swain, even uh, the Patriots. Uh, yeah, Dorsett, Dorsett. Dorsett. He only signed a one-year deal. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yes, and, and he was hurt, so who knows if he, we see him come back to that team. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that's gonna be interesting. I just, and I just don't. What I about don't, David Moore? Everybody loves I, David Moore I really too. Like I think more to not come back. <laughs> that was why my answer on this was meh. Yeah. Because like, I don't have a problem with it one way or the other, but it's definitely not something I would get excited about. Yeah. My thought, if they did sign him, my thought would be, eh, he'll probably show up. Like he'll probably be there for training camp, and then maybe hang on as a fifth receiver. A lot like of that people. That would be my expectation. A lot of people are bringing up on Twitter the rumors that Golden Tate had extramarital relations <laughs> with Russell Wilson's wife shortly before they got divorced. I should point out that Golden Tate has repeatedly denied that, and also pointed out that um, Ashton, who was Russell Wilson's ex-wife, is very is still very good friends with Golden Tate's wife. And, and like that was a few years ago, so I don't know if all that's still true. And that Golden Tate said he was still friends with Russ. So I feel like... Those are probably inaccurate. They're probably inaccurate. They seem to not really be based on much except just the fact that Russ got divorced and let's start a rumor. So yeah. Russ I don't know. Russ got divorced and, and uh, Golden Tate left. Yeah. Like that was the... He didn't take the hometown discount. He said yeah. he would. Rabble, rabble, rabble. Rabble, rabble, rabble. I do think that... Uh, with cap issues being a thing, I know one year two million isn't much, but you know what's cheaper? Rookies. Yeah, I agree. like, and I feel like there's so much talent at receiver in this country that you don't need to draft a receiver. Like, if you're looking to fill in the back end, like if you want a DK or a Tyler, yes. But if you're looking for like your fourth and fifth receiver. You can probably get those on the undrafted free agent market and get some dudes who will play special teams, go make a tackle, and then maybe make a key catch here or there somewhere. Also, John Ursua. All right, time. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Justin's favorite part of the show. Serving questions up on a silver platter where the points are made up and the rules don't matter. Time for Stump Daniel. So in part, I am counting on the fact that Daniel doesn't really pay too much attention to our Twitter account. Uh-oh. Is that accurate? <laughs> yep. Okay. This isn't a trap. It's not a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. I just want to know. I want to kind of you figure out. can't off with that. Now, <laughs> it's not a trap. How well does Daniel know our Twitter followers, Twitter followers and our listeners? So I posted oh, oh, no. a whole bunch of polls. I posted seven polls oh, last geez. week. I don't think I saw more than half of them. Yeah, I posted seven polls this past week. And the Stump Daniel game today is going to be for you to guess what our voters, what our listeners and our Twitter followers thought was the correct answer to the polls. Okay. Okay, so... I, there, don't, I don't like my odds. There are seven of them. And we're going to start with something that we already talked about. Would you like to see Golden Tate return to the Seahawks? Two options. Yes and no. Daniel, what did our listeners... Just what was the majority? Yep. I'm going to say yes. 
Incorrect, actually. 58.3% oh. of our listeners voted no on that one. Wait, 58.3% of our listeners wow. or 583 of our Twitter followers? People who answered. People who answered. <laughs> okay, how many I'm going people... to call them for future reference the whole rest of the time. I'm going to assume all these people are our listeners. Gotcha. Okay. How many people answered this question? Not relevant. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Next Not question. Important. What's your expectation for the Seattle Mariners this season? Four options. Stink, <laughs> contend for playoffs, make playoffs, or succeed in playoffs. Oh, I'm, I'm going to say our, our uh, Twitter followers said they're going to stink. I You're incorrect again. Dang it! I know what I voted. I voted contend for playoffs. Well, contend for playoffs got 53.6% of the vote. Stink only got 35.7% of the vote. Did anybody vote for succeed in playoffs? 7.1% of people voted for that. that. Is that more than one person? That guy. Yes. Whoever, or that, oh. that person. Oh, wait. There's two people? Well, it yes. was more than one. Wow. <laughs> because make playoffs only got 3.6% of the vote. Dang. Okay, so you are 0 for, I'm 2. 0 for 2. Am I alone in hoping that they don't make the playoffs until they can make a strong run? I would, I think I'm I think be disapp- I'm, it, I won't be unhappy, but I will be slightly disappointed with a season that that results in barely getting into the playoffs with a team that you we all know doesn't have a chance to go for a title. I, I would be okay with it because there if you make the playoffs ahead of your schedule, that doesn't Fair like enough. that just means that the guys who you aren't expecting to carry it actually it turned out to be better than you thought is how I would look at it. Like you get if, lower draft picks, but it matters less in baseball than it does in other sports. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You still, I mean, well, Jared Kelnick's still a huge draft pick. And I don't know, maybe the miss rate is higher. Or maybe the Seahawks are, or Seahawks, I'm maybe not. the Mariners are terrible. But I mean, I feel like the bust know. rate in the top five of the MLB draft is enormous. I'm sure that a lot of the greatest players Major League Baseball has were picked up really high. Yeah, but I mean, there, Ken Griffey there have Jr. been times where the number one pick in the draft. I go back and look at drafts, and I look at the top of drafts, and I'm like, who the heck are these guys? Yeah, that's true. Brian, but Leaf. I don't know. You get those with football and <laughs> basketball drafts too. I also think it's... I mean, it Darko Milicic was in, drafted ahead of what Carmelo Anthony or yeah. something ridiculous like that. Like it just benefits you in baseball to win whenever possible because, like. I think that like a winning culture and a feeling in baseball is probably more important than in other sports. Um, but also, it's it when you get to the point where you are ready to compete, it's nice to be able to show free agents that you want to bring in, hey, look at the progress that we've made over the last couple of years. Come be part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, you guys just talking about that kind of changed my mind. I feel like most of my feeling is just that it's going to be such a big deal. Everybody's going to be celebrating like, oh, we made it into the playoffs. Like the Seahawks. I'm saying we as in everybody. Yeah, yeah. I got you. We, yeah. uh, everybody's going to be celebrating like that. And for me, it'll be kind of bittersweet when I'm like, I mean, yeah, but I'm way more excited about the next few years. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is kind of meaningless right now. So, I don't know. But I, I can definitely you, understand that. You guys definitely, like, I don't, I think I was overstating it by like, anyway, sorry. I was distracted. No problem. Okay, Daniel, you're 0 for 2. Here's your next question. Yeah. Who is more responsible for Russell Wilson's historically high career sack numbers? Is it Russell, the offensive line, or a 50-50 split? 
What did our Twitter followers think? Offensive line. Offensive line is correct. Yes. You are now one for three. 44.8% of the votes at offensive line. 41.4 said 50-50 split. And 13.8 said Russell. All right, next question. I feel like it's more like a 25-75 split, honestly. I can get behind that. Wait, who's the 25? Russell. Okay, that actually, that is almost exactly the way it was answered. Because yeah. so, <laughs> offensive line got three times the amount of votes that Russell did. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Um, next question. You're one for three. Okay. Do the Seahawks need to get better up front, as Russell Wilson asserted? Yes or no? Yes. 100% of people answered <laughs> yes on this question. <laughs> You're two for four. <laughs> Although, if you listen to some of our local media outlets throughout the week as Russell was making his comments, you would think, no, everything's perfectly fine. The line is better. Everything's oh fine. Gosh. Okay, uh, we will address this later. We're going to talk about <laughs> Russ later. Okay, next question. You're two for four. Should Pete Carroll and John Schneider consult Russell Wilson on personnel decisions? Yes or no? This is a polarizing topic. <laughs> I'm going to say the majority voted no. 58.1% voted yes. Ooh, We did go. get a comment on this one. Actually, a couple comments on this one. So Sean said... The answer to this question is absolutely not, unless said personnel decision involves individuals who had adulterous relationships with Russell Wilson's wife. <laughs> wow. So Sean's saying, unless he says, don't bring Golden Tate back here. No, oh absolutely gosh. not. Then Kyle responded, why not? Consulting doesn't mean in charge. If you're a manager and are hiring people to join your team, know if they'll jive. With yeah. current personnel, especially if they can make your stars better or worse. Yes. Consulting is asking for input, not handing over the reins. I agree with that. Yes. Okay. So you are two for five. Not great. Not a great. Not, not great. You got two more. You got a chance to get over the 500 mark. Who? Uh, what's the most likely scenario for Russell Wilson's future with the Seahawks? There's three options. Get traded. Finish current contract oh. or retire a Seahawk. What was the middle one worded as again? Leave Gets it. traded, finishes current contract, or retires a Seahawk. But there's another option there. He could sign another contract and then leave, which is what I think he's going to do. But I will go finish his current contract. Well, our Twitter followers are more optimistic than you. 44.4% of them think he will retire a Seahawk. Ooh, wait. I do think he'll retire a Seahawk, though. 100%. He'll, no matter where he goes, he'll end up signing a one day contract to retire as a Seahawk. There is no, I would be shocked to quote Justin. What if things, shocked what if things end if, badly between I, Russ and Pete? I, even if it is a huge blow up, I think that he will come back to the Seahawks to retire. Because at After that point, Pete's gone. Pete will be gone. John will still be there. And John will be like, that was just Pete being the crazy old guy in the <laughs> I, room. Russ, come back for a day. Yeah, even even if it was really bad blood, I don't think there's any way that, that 
Russ at this point could sour the relationship with the fans and the city so much that he didn't want to and he wasn't wanted to come back and retire as a as a Seahawk. Well, Daniel's doing real bad. He's got two out of six. 20, 22% of our uh, voters said he gets traded. 33% said he finishes his current contract. And 44% said he retires as a Seahawk. I'm doing better than I did in the Super Bowl bet. <laughs> it would be difficult to do much worse than you did in the Super Bowl bet. But okay. possible. Last question. You're two for six, so it almost doesn't matter what you do here. Yeah. This is a colossal failure. Ugh. Daniel's just not in tune with our fans. <laughs> uh, in the wake of the news that J.J. Watt was released by the Houston Texans, should the Seahawks go after him as a free agent, yes or no? Yes. 75% of voters said yes, yes that they go. should go after him. Okay, Daniel. I hope he goes and plays for Pittsburgh, though. Yes. You finished three out of seven in the How Well Do You Know Your Listeners contest, which is Stump Daniel, brought to you by the law office <laughs> of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. Well, listeners, you have successfully stumped Daniel by proving he doesn't know anything about what you want to hear. On Twitter. <laughs> but I guess I don't. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> And for more of what you don't want to hear, what I, what? <laughs> Commercial! Yeah! Do you have a legal situation and need someone on your side? Let the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz be your advocate. If you've been the victim of medical malpractice, suffered a personal injury, or need representation with real estate law, small business law, or estate planning, let Jeff Domashevitz put his 29 years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Domashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit domashevitzlaw.com. That's D-A-M-A-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z-L-A-W.com. I just, you know, I'm the best at transitions. <laughs> For more stuff that you don't want to hear, keep listening. <laughs> no, he didn't even say that. He was like, For more stuff you don't want to hear, commercial. <laughs> Remember when we said we were going to do the I whole I said commercial. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do the whole show without finishing a sandwich? Yeah, that. <laughs> All right, Justin. Let's deep dive into this. People in the Seattle area, especially the media, the main Seattle media, seem to be all sorts of butthurt about Russell Wilson's comments. I don't understand why. And first of all, one of the comments I heard was, name another, name another great quarterback that talks bad about their thing, teams with their, their protection or stuff like that. I'm like... I can name one. I, Peyton Manning, after a game, specifically said that his off they had protection issues. Yeah. He after a game that they lost, I think it was a playoff game, in a post game press conference, he said, "Well, obviously we had issues with protection." <laughs> so there's one. Yeah, there's <laughs> one. I mean, well, you don't have to look much past the the current MVP for someone who constantly throws his team under the bus. Well, let's start Sheesh. by um, Andrew. Are we able to get some of the comments to play through? Uh, I, I can try to play them, but it's I didn't record them. So, okay, no, uh, but I can, can I can't play them. You can use my timestamps on the YouTube yeah. videos if you want. Okay, so let's start with um, Russell Wilson, who appeared on the Dan Patrick Show. Andrew, this is the first one on the list. Yep, yep. Um, he talks about whether to be involved in personnel decisions. And unmute. There we go. Way of not answering my question. 
Are you involved in personnel decisions? Have you been involved in personnel decisions? Not, not as much. I don't, you know, I think that, uh, you know, for, do you want to be involved Russ? Yeah, I, I think it helps. I think it helps to, to, to be involved more. Um, but I think that's that dialogue should, should happen more often in my opinion. Yeah. But look, I'm worried about the, these numbers. You've been sacked 394 times in your career. That's a so lot. you're, you're going to be the most sacked quarterback in the history of the game. I, why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes you hold on to it a little bit, you know, just because you're looking for that play and you find you find those guys. But also so many, so many times it turns into touchdowns, too. But, you know, to be to be uh, you, know, you never want to be sacked that many times, you know, 400 times basically is is way too many, 400 too many. Um, you know, so I think that's a big the big thing that we got to fix. That's got to be fixed, you know, and, and has to be, you know, at the end of the day, because my goal is to play, you know, 10 to 15 more years. And so. When you think about that and longevity and legacy and all that, you know, I, and, you, and you watch the game the other night, you know, the difference between that game was, you know, uh, Tom was taking shots down the field and getting the ball, you know, to, to his guys and stuff like right. that. But, you know, he wasn't. So I just want to first point out that he didn't say anything at all about the line there. Yeah. No, Seriously. that's part. That's the end part of the video. I know. I just yeah. wanted to point out. He that didn't. He this was him talking about whether or not he wanted to be involved in personnel decisions yeah. and why. Yeah. And to be honest, and also he this was is... pushed on that. Like I also heard Dan Patrick talking the next day about it because yeah. they kind of did a, hey, let's talk about what happened yesterday because mm -hmm. this blew up. And Dan was like, I could tell that he wanted to get something out there. And I'm like, Dan, you had to push him on it, man. It's true. Like he had to push him and push him and push him. And then Dan says, oh, he had an agenda. And I'm like, bro, you pried that out of him. I'm not saying that Russell had an agenda, but I do think. And also, like the, and these words, could Russ have still not said something? Yes. Well, also, but he definitely didn't just throw it out there. Correct. Although not saying anything is the thing that Russ is best at. So if he actually was like, mm, "I'm really not going to say that," he would have not said it. True. I think, and also because he didn't say anything in an inflammatory way. If you listen to it, like for Russ. That was taking a, a flamethrower to the team. But for a normal person, that was just real passive, like, hey, here's some things that I would like to do differently yeah. kind of talk. And seriously, um, I think him saying he wants to be more involved in personnel decisions and he's not involved in as much as he sh as he wants to be, that was... Uh, that was about the lightest, most passive way that a player could possibly say that. Seriously. It's... it's it boggles my mind how spoiled the Seattle media must be that that <laughs> can get them throwing up flamethrowers. Like, what are you I talking about? I mean, they don't about? have a basketball team to talk about, Daniel. Yeah, have you, <laughs> have you covered other areas? Can you at least look outside your own bubble as to what normally the, happens in these situations? And the Kraken's expansion draft isn't until July? I think maybe late June. So I mean, what are they gonna? They have to talk about something, man. Let's play the at the from the two forty two mark to the end of this video where he talks about the offensive line. Throughout the and this doesn't there. even count, Russ. How many times you were hit? I mean, that's three hundred ninety four sacks. Like, that's a that's a lot. And, and I, I, I think you also get away quite a bit too, you know. I like that part. I get, I get away some too. But, you do. Uh, but that's a lot, but, though. Uh, 
I, I think that, you know, we, we got to get better up front. I think that and it's not just passing. I think, you know, in terms of everything you do, you know, you, it controls the game as you watched the other night, I think, you know, and, um, you know, obviously guys like Dwayne are such an ama amazing players and, uh, you know, to have him come in was a big thing that, that I really wanted to make sure that happened. I think that we all wanted to make sure that it happened because um, we knew that what, what a great player Dwayne was, for example. So, you know, and I, so I think that, uh, you know, throughout the next 10 years, it's really important for me personally, but also just, you know, you know, throughout, you know, my career that, you know, we make sure that we do the, everything we can, including myself, do everything we can to make sure that 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 doesn't happen. Man, man, he just threw the offensive line right under the bus, <laughs> just, didn't he? Just torched him. Well, as what? part of he uh, didn't spend the majority of that time praising you know, their best player as a huge. Yeah, as a as a part of a huge comment where he talked about how he needs to be better, and he acknowledges that part of the reason he gets sacked is because he's always trying to weigh and trying to get away, and that he praises their best offensive lineman. He also says we need to be better up front, and that was so. This was the particular comment that our local Seattle media guys took such great exception to that really bothered me a lot because anybody who's watched the Seahawks play over the last nine years knows that what we're looking at now, like the most recent couple of offensive lines are a pretty big improvement, but they feel better to you because you spent five or six years playing with <laughs> garbage offensive lines. Like it looks better to you, to the rest of the nation. It's still not good. Exactly. It's still not where it needs to be. So to, for him to say, hey, I acknowledge there, I have a part in this, but we also need to be better up front to me is nothing. It's nothing. It's just true. It's accurate and it's okay to say. Exactly. Absolutely. It's it's bizarre. This has been a talking point as much as it has been. And I think if I'm trying to glean something there, if I'm trying to translate, when he starts talking about how Dwayne Brown was somebody that they needed, was what was it? Was it Jack Conklin? Yeah. Is that the, the free agent that a lot of people yep. thought they should go out and get? I think that's what he might be saying here. Yeah, how, like, about, what did, what did, how about you stop buying a crap ton of cheap garbage players and go get somebody who's actually good, like when you got Dwayne Brown, because that's the only time it's worked. And because the Seahawks signed, like, 18, like, average or below average offensive linemen, I think it was Michael Bumpus who said this week, hey, go get me a nickel instead of five pennies. Like, yes. instead of signing 18 offensive linemen who are cheap and average – Go sign take instead of three of those guys, go spend the twelve million dollars or whatever that it would take to get a really high quality guy like Conklin in and, here. Exactly. And I don't disagree with what you guys are saying, but I want to point out that he didn't even go that far. Yeah. No, what, what I'm parsing I'm trying to extend is, it. What he is saying is basically equivalent to we're we got better, we added this really good player, we need to get better. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's not even he's not even saying that they didn't do like they didn't do good enough. He's saying we do need to get better. Yeah. And talks about a guy and, that they got that was and better. How much his comments were taking out of context. I actually heard people talking about, oh well, he better text Dwayne Brown. <laughs> what? To tell him that, hey man, I talked about how good you were for yeah. five minutes. Yeah. Like listen to the whole freaking thing. Yeah. Context <laughs> means something. No, that's Jack the wagons. They did listen to the whole thing and they still came away with that. It's because bizarre. their feelings were so hurt 
over the fact that Russ, this guy who has barely said anything publicly over the entire time he's been here, finally came out and made some... I mean, he does use his quote-unquote camp to let stories get out sometimes, but he hasn't said anything interesting in nine years. Yeah. And he finally said something that on a scale of... One to a hundred is about a thirteen on the interesting level, and so everybody's like, "How dare he do that? You're a quarterback. You're not supposed to do that." Whoa, Russ, stay in your lane. Seriously, just throw the ball, Russ. Just throw, yeah, just stick to cooking. Well, let's. Um, here's. I'll tell you. I, I was emotional this week <laughs> around the Tuesday Wednesday mark because I've realized that. Russell is my only real emotional connection to the Seahawks team. And if he were gone, like so many people have been panicking that he's going to be traded over the next couple of years, then I would not know how to root for them anymore. (laughs) So that was a very difficult day for me. And I even texted you guys for emotional support like, hey, this is difficult for me. I'm having a hard time with today. I'm turning off the Danny and Gallant show because I, this is too hard. I don't like the way they're handling it. But there was one comment in particular that Russ made. And I feel like I'm the only one that I heard discuss it who read into it the way that I did. So let's start, Andrew, by... This is Russ talking about whether or not he's available. Yeah, still so, talking to Dan Patrick. Still Sorry. talking to Dan Patrick. First clip there? Yeah, the first. And then just take that 28 and just play it all the way through the 51 second mark. All right. What do you make of uh, CBS Jason Lock and Forrest saying that Seattle had gotten you know calls for uh, possible you know uh, trade talks with you? Do you believe that that uh, Seattle has gotten calls? Yeah, I definitely believe they've gotten calls for sure. I think that uh, you know I think anytime you're um, you know you know uh, a player that you know tries to produce every week and has done it for you know consistently, I think people are going to call for sure, and I think. It's part of the process. Yeah, but you're a franchise quarterback. You're a Hall of Fame quarterback. This is Russ in his in his nice guy way saying, "Well, hell yeah, I'm really good. <laughs> yeah. So of course people are going to call <laughs> exactly. and ask about me." Okay, go ahead. You're not available, are you? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm available or not. <laughs> that's a that's a Seahawks question. But I think also, I think more than anything else is, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, you you want to win. You know, you play this game every day to wake up to win. You play this game you know, to, to be the best in the world. You know, I, you know what I hate, I hate sitting there watching other guys play the game. (laughs) Yeah. So when Russ says, well, I don't know, that's a Seahawks question. That's not really true because if Russ doesn't want to be traded, he can't be traded because he has a no trade clause. So it's actually a Russell question. So why did he say that's a Seahawks question? Was that him trying to say, Hey, I play and they manage the team. What are your guys' thoughts on that? That's really interesting because I forgot about the no trade clause. Yeah. He could have just said, "No, I'm not available." But <laughs> he could he could say that. But I, it is also the it's two sides. Just because he has a no trade clause doesn't mean that the Seahawks wouldn't also have to trade him. Yeah. So while it is while he could veto it, the Seahawks would have to first make that decision. Yeah. So but in. It, it is it is a Seahawks question first, and then he would have to approve of it. Would so he, it is first and foremost a Seahawks question because they would have to say, "Hey, we're going to trade you," and then he'd have to be like, "Okay or no." So it it is. I I don't know. I just like the the chuckle he gives to and me, the, the beginning of it. Like what? 
No, we he's, about- he's like, of course people want me. And yeah, exactly. you think they're actually going <laughs> to trade me? Are you crazy? <laughs> that, yes. That's how I interpreted that's it. So I was The way I interpreted it was like, you're like, yes, they're calling. Yeah, they're getting calls. I'm really good. Am I available? I mean, that's a Seahawks question. <laughs> obviously not. That's that's how I interpreted it. See, then, like, the, obviously they're not going to trade me. The way that it was interpreted by some media people was... Russell could have just said, no, they're not going to trade me. I have a no trade clause. Like one of those two parties has ultimate control over whether or not that would happen. Mm-hmm. And it's Russ. Cause well, the no Seahawks matter what also have ultimate control too, because they don't have to trade something. They don't have to trade him. Yeah. yeah. You can't force a trade. Yeah. I mean, he Deshaun Jackson is proving yeah. that right now. I mean, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah. Deshaun Watson. I mean, you yeah. can try, Yeah, but, but yeah, no, he's proving that you can't force a trade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. I was saying. I was agreeing okay, with you Okay. Gotcha. Um, okay. So I'll say the, the comment that I read most into is in the next clip that we're going to play from 114, from 114 onto the end. Here you go. Really key. And I think that, you know, the reality of, of professional sports is, you know, things happen, things change. I, you know, you know, I'm not sure you know, how, how long I'll play in Seattle. I think hopefully, hopefully it was going to be, you know, be forever, you know, but things change obviously along the way. And I think that um, you, you focus on what you can control every day and try to be the best version of yourself and, you know, ultimately try to win championships. And I think that's, um, you know, that's why I play this game. So when this was originally played on Danny and Gallant, Danny said, well, Russell just said, I want to play in, I want to play in Seattle forever, but that's not what I heard. What I heard was, well, I would have loved for the plan to be, and he used the past tense. He, he used the word was. "was," so that was the plan. So now I don't know what's going to happen. Can you play that again? Yeah, uh, but this is also wait real quick before you play it. I want to say Russell speaks a lot in hypotheticals, third person, like we. He doesn't really. He very rarely like super directly says something. He says things like either about a group of people or he says things in a way that's like almost a hypothetical. So it's not unusual to hear him use words like that, but because he, he said it in the stumbles past, over himself a ton. Yeah. He says also to a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and you know. Also to. <laughs> so you're ready for yeah, it? Go yeah. Okay. You know, the reality of, of professional sports is, you know, things happen, things change. I, you know, you know, I'm not sure you know, how, how long I'll play in Seattle. I think hopefully, hopefully it was going to be, you know, be forever, you know, but things change obviously along the way. And I think that um, you you focus on what you can control every day and try to be the best version of yourself and, you know, ultimately try to win championships. And I think that's, um, you know, that's why I play this game. So I heard hopefully was going to be forever. And I thought, oh crap, that's a guy who's coming to grips with the fact that despite the fact that he said repeatedly, I want to be a Seahawk forever he is now starting to realize, dang it, I might not finish my career here. Dude, that was no. was so small that I'm like... I feel like I'm the only one is, who reacted to it. it that okay, time. okay. I, no, hold up, hold up really okay. quick. I'm not even positive that was a was. Hopefully is. Hopefully is going to be. Like, is that a was or an is? Well, hopefully is going to be. I, don't I, I really didn't hear a was. Because even, even whether he says was or not, what he's saying is, I mean... The hope is, was, the hope is forever, but I'm coming to grips. And you know what? I think you're probably right, Justin, but I don't think it has anything to do with what he's seeing on the Seahawks right now. 
I think he's looking around the league and he's going, man, Deshaun Watson wants to leave. Uh, Carson, wait, no, uh, Jared Goff just got traded. Like, there's so many. There's quarterbacks moving around that. See, that Matthew years Stafford, ago, Matthew Phillip Stafford, Rivers moved last I, year. Like, like I take it a. Uh, sim- and it's the off season, so he's not focusing on the next team. He's focusing on his focus is wider, and he's like uh, the hope. The hope would be to stay here for forever, but man, it changes. Things change, so all I can do is focus on on what's in front of me. Yeah, I think that if you if hey, if you want to take that as a hard was, but. Gosh! Before we I end this segment, to... we'll play it one more time. It depends okay. on what the and, meaning of the word "was" yeah. is. <laughs> that was sorry. I I mean, it was so quick that it wasn't really an announced, yeah, pronounced word. It was more like a half a word that I, was thrown in there. I acknowledge that you're probably right. I heard it and immediately felt <laughs> okay. emotional. But if but and I'll take what Andrew's saying because I I understand what Andrew's saying but I wouldn't I don't think Russell associates himself with the likes of Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford and <laughs> that's I, a good point. I don't think he that's, does that's but fair. what he the guys he does associate himself with Peyton Manning who would have thought that he wouldn't have been an Indianapolis Colt for life and Tom that Brady he would go somewhere else and succeed and Tom Brady who would have thought that he wouldn't have been a Patriot for life? And he goes somewhere and wins a Super Bowl. So, yeah. Do you Russ, go back to Joe Montana in the 90s? Has Breeze announced that he's retired Joe yet? Montana finished his career in Kansas City. Yeah, but he didn't win a Super Bowl. Didn't he go to the playoffs, though? Yeah, they yeah. lost to uh, Buffalo in the yeah. championship game. But you look at that, <laughs> and especially I think that Russ looks at Brady and goes, look, this dude followed up what Peyton Manning did and did it better because he straight up picked a team that was like loaded <laughs> and was like, I'm going to go here and I'm going to win a Super Bowl instantly. And Russell's like, oh, Dan, you can do that? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> He's basically what? the NBA now. <laughs> like, I didn't know this is what I could do. Okay, so I have a funny story I want to tell you about Joe Montana and Jim Kelly. But first, let's listen to the Russell Wilson <laughs> is was one more time. Really key. And I think that, you know, the reality of, of professional sports is, you know, things happen, things change. I, you know, you know, I'm not sure, you know, how, how long I'll play in Seattle. I think hopefully, hopefully it was going to be, you know, be forever, you know, but things change obviously along the way. And it's definitely a I was. think that um, you, you focus on what you can control every day. That's such a weird sentence. That's a weird sentence, man. Like but the that's whole, the way but he, he talks, definitely though. said was, but that was a weird sentence. But it's the way he talks. Hopefully it was going to be. Yeah. What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But I still heard it. I I understand. I get what you're saying, and I th- I tie it to Peyton Manning and Tom Brady because Russell Wilson's probably thinking, "Look, when I'm 40, they're going to be like, all right, you're 40, Russ, you're done,' and he's going to be like, eh, I'm not done. I'm going to go pick my team and win a Super Bowl. Deuces. So here's the Joe Montana story. Okay. Okay. I I heard him on an interview this past week. I wish I could credit the show, but I don't remember which one it was. And he was talking about in the in the 90s when the Bills. The Buffalo Bills had a really dynamic offense led by Jim Kelly. They made it to four straight Super Bowls and lost all of them. Um, During that time, Joe Montana ended up on the Chiefs. And he led the Chiefs all the way to the AFC Championship game. And he was really good friends with Jim Kelly. And he told a story about how before that game, Joe Montana told Jim Kelly hey, you know, you guys are going to go to the Super Bowl and just lose. So why don't you take a dive so that we can go play? (laughs)
is so hard. Yes, but he he said he they had that kind of friendship that he could say something that, like that to him and it would be okay. That's hilarious. Uh, there's another comment. So while we can't find the video of it anywhere, there was a Zoom press conference apparently where Russell Wilson had an availability, and in that uh, he did say, "quote." I'm frustrated with getting hit too much. I'm frustrated with that. At the end of the day, man, you want to win, you know? And I believe, if I remember hearing it correctly, that was in direct response to the question, are you frustrated with the Seahawks? Because when he made those really passive little comments on Dan Patrick, it got picked up by every national media outlet. It turned into the story of the next two days. And not only did it turn into the story of the next two days, but it got blown so far out of proportion that all of a sudden it was, well, now we're hearing rumors from sources that the Seahawks are mad at Russell Wilson for what he said. And then it was, Russell Wilson is asking the Seahawks for a trade. He wants out of Seattle and it blew up into this huge thing. So one of these local guys asked him in this press conference, are you frustrated with the Seahawks? And he said, I'm frustrated at getting hit too much. So if you take just the quote on its own, it actually seems worse because this is him not answering the question, are you frustrated with the Seahawks? Yeah. Because he didn't want to say, yeah, I'm mad at my team, or it's not true, one or the other. Instead, he deflected to something that feels obvious, which is I'm frustrated with getting hit too much. Yeah, I don't know. I think that it's all going to be okay. And this is, like we mentioned at the beginning, Russell Wilson said something on a scale of 1 to 100 of 13 yeah. compared to different things we see around. I I stand by my initial read, which is that he is continuing the campaign that he started maybe a couple years ago where he realized that he could be the greatest quarterback of all time. And if he didn't put himself out there and force the rest of the country to acknowledge him, he would never be recognized as such. So you think he's I think he's happy saw, with the fact that he I, became the storyline for a couple think of days? He's, yes. I think he saw the fact that Richard Sherman catapulted himself to stardom. And realize, I'm not saying Richard Sherman was not good. I'm saying that Richard Sherman was good and had to tell everyone about how good he was Mm. before they started talking about how good he was. And I think that Russell Wilson saw that and realized that if he was going to stay in Seattle, he needed to do that to be able to attain the heights that he wants to reach because he he doesn't just want to be a really good quarterback. He's got all sorts of things that he wants to do in the game and af- after he says he's he's wanted he has talked about how he wants to be a GM he's talked about how he wants to be a team owner none of those things will happen if he's a quiet unrecognized you know oh yeah he's really good up there man he just escapes people like crazy even 10 years after he's yeah, all those people do say escapes that's yep. true. like just <laughs> The uh, I think that he is I think he is taking a calculated campaign to increase his national recognition and not just recognition because everybody knows who he is but he's he is positioning himself as the quarterback who is held back by the things about his team that are not the best rather than the quarterback that is just held up by the good defense which is the way the story got painted his first few years. 
and not inaccurately necessarily, but he, I think that he is consciously driving that perception in a different direction. It's interesting. And he, in my mind, we know he's very smart and very calculated. So it makes sense. Russell, please stay. <laughs> I, there's a, there's yeah. a whole bunch more that we about him wanting to have input on decisions and whether or not players could or not or should or Maybe we can whether, talk about that next week. Yeah, we could talk about that next week because I also heard some really stupid responses to that, I yeah. feel like, as well. But <laughs> right now we're going to take a commercial break. And on the other side, we have a, an athlete of the week from high school sports, Real? which I'm excited about. And I'm about to lose something. The team of realtors at OliPen Real Estate wish you and your family good health during this stay home, stay safe time. Their team has health and safety measures in place to protect you and everyone involved in the process. If you're thinking about selling your home, now is a great time. There are more buyers than available homes. Many homes are still receiving multiple offers and are selling for above asking price. OliPen Real Estate will help you put the most money possible in your pocket in less time without the hassle. Visit sellmyharborhome.com to get your home market ready. The Oli Pen team is ready to work for you. Thank you again to our sponsors, Oli Pen Real Estate and the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. Hey, if you would want to sponsor us, let us know. We would love to have you. Also, if you are following us on any of those social medias, like Twitter, as Justin brought up earlier, follow us there. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram as well. And also you can subscribe to us on YouTube and click the bell to get notifications. Or if you don't want that, just subscribe to us and watch our videos. And I don't you might really know. miss our videos yeah, if you uh, don't click the bell. That It's a possibility. <laughs> so don't or do. <laughs> I don't know. Also, wh- however you get your podcasts, subscribe, follow. I don't know how those work. I just, I guess I'm following us on on. Spotify, that's how I do it. I get a little notification that pops up every time we have a new episode. So and then you go nice. listen to it. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's time for our Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. And this week, it is Hoquiam's Sadie Carlisle. Now, she had a hat trick in her soccer game on Tuesday night against Elma, leading Hoquiam to the 4-1 to one victory over the Elma Eagles. She nice. netted goals in the 21st minute off a through ball from Macy Winkleman, the 43rd minute off a pass from Ellie Winkleman, and on a breakaway pass by Macy Winkleman yet again in the 57th minute. So uh, congratulations to Sadie Carlisle, Hoquiam Grizzly, for getting a hat trick in the first game back after all of this huge long break, leading the Grizzlies to a victory in a league matchup against Elma. Excellent job there, and she is our Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. I can't imagine how good it must feel when you go through this huge, long period of time, and a lot of these kids who play sports locally, you know, they a lot of them play multiple sports, a lot of them are playing sports outside of high school as well, to the point where, like, sports becomes such a huge part of your life that when it's gone, I've seen firsthand from my son and my son's friends that there's, like a big chunk of your life has like been taken away from you. And for some of them, it's really hard to deal with. But after all this time of either not getting to play or hardly getting to play to be able to come back so quickly in a high school competition in a varsity game and, and do something like that, throw a hat trick in soccer. That's really impressive. 
And congratulations to Sadie. Congratulations to the Grizzlies on that win. And what an awesome way to start up the sports season. Absolutely. I'm so excited uh, for her and for all the athletes to get back to action. Sadly, though, this kind of transitions to something that I just want to bring up briefly. It's not on our show sheet. But also, a lot of sports got to start up this week. Mm-hmm. But football did not because they're all on Friday and possibly Saturday. And snow decided to knock that out. And that was a huge bummer that we did not get to have any. All those athletes didn't get to have their triumphant return to sports. And so I'm just I'm just bummed out for those kids. We do have some makeup games coming on Monday and we are excited about that. But it's coming back. And we are so close to having all of the kids get the chance to be back on the field or court or whatever they're playing in. Because there's also tennis. Like they, I'm assuming they play that indoors somewhere. Uh, in Monty, they have outdoor tennis courts. I know they, but they're playing right. Do they have a boys tennis team? No, only girls. Yeah. So Aberdeen has boys tennis, okay. and they're they had a match. They had a tennis match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A this week bout. About about of tennis. <laughs> no, it's a match. It's a game set match. So yeah. Anyway, I'm glad to see that all Where the athletes are getting in? back. And again, <laughs> it's Valentine's Day. Yeah. Love is present always. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> so again, but yeah, I mean, so do we know, uh, Daniel? What are the games you're broadcasting on Monday? Yeah, on Monday we are broadcasting a double header. We are going to be opening it up with uh, <laughs> Andrew's giving me weird faces. I'm just excited. It just yeah. has a it's weird exciting. face. Yeah. <laughs> we have. <laughs> We have, uh, was it at three? Is that when it, they were looking at two or three. I, I think, think you put three. three o'clock on the, hold on, I'll pull up the official Facebook post. I'm, you talk about your broadcast. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's at three o'clock. Montesano is going to be hosting Tonino at Jack Rattle Field. We will be there. Ian and I broadcasting that game. Also, doubleheader because Hoquiam is playing against Elma, and that game is also going to be at Jack Rattle Field. That game is going to kick off around six or as soon as they can get it going after the Montessori game. So two games that we're broadcasting there. I'm really excited. That would be really convenient for you guys. Yeah, yeah according, exactly. <laughs> according to the official post by KWOK and KXRO, it's a 2.30 pregame and a 3 o'clock kickoff for Montesano Tonino, and then a 6 o'clock kickoff, but it just probably depends on how quickly the other game gets done between Elma and Hoquiam. Awesome. And Andrew Aberdeen having a game on Monday? Aberdeen is going to be playing. I believe that we are playing a JV game and then a varsity game in rapid succession. Okay. Starting, I believe, at three with the JV. It's at Stewart Field. At Stewart? Cool. And it's scheduled. the varsity game is scheduled for Monday at 7 p.m. And we've talked a little bit about how some of these teams might be streaming. Um, Look up, if you're not sure whether or not you'll be able to um, well, m- most people won't be able to go to the game. If you want to watch the game online, there's something called NFS NFHS Network, and you can go on and subscribe. I think it's like ten bucks a month. But there's multiple teams from our area who will be broadcasting their games. I know Aberdeen is, and I know Monty is. I'm not sure about the other teams, but I know those two teams are. So if you're interested in watching, just sh- subscribe to this for a couple months so you can watch the games on yeah. the stream. And I'm pretty sure most local teams are. I've se- I saw a list somewhere, and it was a ton of local teams are okay. on there. So it will be a bunch, if not all of them. NFHS Network. Yes. All right. Uh, now we're, to, we're to this part of the show now. <laughs> all right, Justin, you can you can talk. So here's what happened. Daniel's going to get ready. He's about to lose his beard. 
We had a little bet during the Super Bowl. If you listened last week, you know about it. Daniel made a really great video with a live scoreboard, so you could go on and watch exactly what all of our predictions were. We each made nine predictions about the Super Bowl, and we had a competition to see who could get the most correct. So if you go watch the video, Daniel actually made it so you can see what was right and wrong all the way through. And (laughs) Daniel's punishment for losing this bet, and you might not believe that somebody who knows so much about sports and knows so much about football <laughs> could only get one out of nine of the predictions correct, but Daniel got one out of nine of the predictions uh, correct. I feel like I feel like Daniel is prone to making predictions with his heart, yeah. which might hurt That's true. him in these things. That's true, definitely you, true. Tom Brady. <laughs> Andrew got four correct. And finished in second place. So at some point, Andrew will have to lose a portion of his beard, yeah, but he gets to I'm keep. I'm gonna go to the goatee. I'm he's gonna, gonna go straight go. Now you've got this like really long chin hair thing going on that's kind of pointy on the sides, yeah. and I love it. Are you gonna keep all that, or are you gonna go short goat? No, I'm gonna keep the goat. I'm gonna. That's the that's the part of the beard I've invested the time into. Okay, so that's what I'm keeping. Okay, so Andrew's <laughs> gonna keep the long goat. Daniel, who. Uh, revealed to me earlier that he thinks he hasn't shaved since November. Is that correct? Uh, I believe, I believe the last time I shaved was October, October. like probably around October fifth. So this is the most invested Daniel's been in his beard in quite a while. A long and time. as a part of the bet, he's about to lose it. Yep. Uh, I got in case anyone and was get curious. Hair all over my basement. Well, we I'm already also, we already I'm know also. that I won, but I just want to let everyone know I got seven out of nine correct. On it the was kind of ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I was literally seven times better than Daniel. Now the other problem is is I'm using the camera as a as a mirror. Yeah. I'm afraid that I'm going to go too high on the sideburns. Do you need me to? Do you need me to uh, mirror it? Or is it working? Do is you need assistance? Already? No, it's working. Okay. Yeah, it's it's working. All right. Here we... You can hear I'm the. Start low. I might leave some of the sideburns and fix those later. This is good radio. Oh. You can you can hear the oh. hair. If you would like to see the despair in Daniel's eyes oh. right now, uh, go to YouTube and watch watch this video. It's gonna be great. Oh. It may not be up for a while though because Daniel may have trouble editing it. Through it the, may be too emotional. Yeah. yeah, it may be too emotional for him to edit it. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to be this upset by this. <laughs> we are roughly a quarter of the way through the beard coming oh. off. This is good, Andrew. What's it called? Like the kind of audio where like you hear things happening. Is that ASMR? ASMR. This would be good ASMR, I think. <laughs> oh, no, Dave can start side. a new. <laughs> yep. Oh. Oh. Okay. Now, what you have right now is pretty funny <laughs> because Daniel <laughs> he has shaved the sides, but uh, not the bottom. Hair all over my laptop. <laughs> no. Daniel, keep your chin over it. You've got lots of hair hanging. He on has shaved still. the sides, but not the bottom. And also, because the beard was such a clump, there's a big clump that's hanging on to the bottom. So it's Gosh. like he has a huge, you know massive clump of hair. Right, right on the bottom of his chin. You know chin. what I just remembered? Wait, actually, wait. I'll leave it like this. <laughs> hey, no, I want it like this. That was not part of the bet. You did, not get, you did not get to decide. Only neck hair. He has only neck hair right now. <laughs> oh, this is the worst. Oh. I always forget how similar Daniel and Jimmy look until Daniel shaves. Yeah. And then I'm like, that's true. Daniel. They really do looks have like a his real. Brother. There's they, they, a strong brotherly Hargrove yeah. look. I didn't mean it's a strong look. I mean it's a strong resemblance. <laughs> there you go. 
How am I doing? I can't really see too well. I think it's great. You could leave it just like that. <laughs> I there's there's definitely a big chunk of hair. <laughs> On the right hair. side of your chin. <laughs> and <No>. there's <laughs> it's one really long chunk of hair there. Did I get it? Yeah, I'm not sure if you this got is. It now. You're good. I'm not sure if this go. is great for audio, but it will definitely be um, <laughs> interesting for video. And more importantly than any of that, it's really fun for me. Yeah, <laughs> Daniel, you look young. I look like a baby. Andrew, how many years did he take off of his face by doing this? Thirty. Yeah, maybe forty. Whoa, I look that old. Yeah, you looked uh, right eighty-five. Now, do I look like I'm <laughs> negative years younger? <laughs> no, you looked eighty-five. Okay, now you look I really 45. can't see on this side, so I'm nervous. I'm gonna like. You're fine. No, totally I think fine. actually you're, you're you pretty good, much got off. You're, you're good to. You're good to. I think stop you pretty now. much got off. Okay. okay. Well, that was the worst. <laughs> And I also got hair all over my keyboard. I think it's also worth noting <laughs> that the person who's angriest about all of this oh. is Andrew's girlfriend, <laughs> who true. keeps posting uh, in all caps on our social media <laughs> things about how she doesn't want Andrew to, Andrew to shave his beard. Yes, that's true. She's she's the true MVP of this. She just doesn't want it to be. <laughs> uh, Courtney, on the other hand, my wife... Was kind of excited. She she may have subtly influenced the outcome. Yeah. <laughs> so, so now the question is, Daniel, you are your your beard is gone. Yeah. You got a lot of stubble. So are you gonna sh- are you gonna shave? Look at this. Look at this. That's kind of gross. Oh, that is that is really gross. Look look at that. Uh, nobody that wants to see of, that. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel, are you going to shave so you're clean shaven, or are you gonna keep the stubble and start to build it into a new beard? Uh, I believe the bet was clean shaven. Okay. So, so you're going to shave a choice there. <laughs> I did take a lot of years off. Oh, I, I need to clean this up. Bad. You got a real, you got a real serious five o'clock shadow thing going yeah. on. We're like um, a nine o'clock shadow, but yeah. So I, I am going to, I am going to clean shave, but the beard is gone. Yes. Yeah. It is. It is pretty much all gone. I, uh, yeah. That was more painful to start than I thought it was going <laughs> Well, you fought through it. You yeah. fought through it like right. a real trooper. Good job. <laughs> Let's uh, move into our final segment of the show. That's not the what it's mailbag. called. <laughs> yes, the mailbag. Send us your stuff. Send us your stuff in a mailbag. So we have two questions, both of which are not sports-related whatsoever. Good. The first question comes from Angel, and she wants to know, which Hogwarts house would you belong in? For those of you who don't know, Hogwarts is Harry Potter-related. Although, in my house, we call it Harry Bottom. Because <laughs> once... I'm not, I don't want to embarrass anybody, so I'm not going to say who it was. Which, but one, you're not going to say which kid? One of my children's friends. Oh, okay. Once, when they were with us saw something that had Harry Potter on it. I don't know if it was on TV or what. And they pointed at it and said, hey, look, I know who that is. That's Harry Bottom. (laughs) So now in my house, we always call it Harry Bottom. Oh, that's good. So which Hogwarts house do you belong in, Daniel? Well, I would love to say that I'm in one of the cool ones. Like like Gryffindor Gryffindor or (laughs) Slytherin or Ravenclaw, which I think sounds like the best one. Like, but... I'm just, I mean, after this performance, I'm assuming that I'm in Hufflepuff. Yeah. Classic Hufflepuff. It just seems like the worst. Classic Hufflepuff. I look at you and I just think classic Hufflepuff. Dang it. Yeah. 
What about you, Andrew? I don't know. And you were reading like was, the worst things about Ravenclaw the yeah. earlier, and they all sounded like you. <laughs> <laughs> I think there were some that definitely didn't, but I'll take it. They do sound the coolest. Are their colors dark blue? Yeah, well, I think are... they're purple in something. Well, I'm not down with purple. <laughs> hey, see, here's the thing. I uh, one it... of my nephews is having a Harry Potter themed birthday party, so. My wife likes Harry Potter, and my kids like Harry Potter, and I do not like Harry Potter. But I was outvoted, and it was decided <laughs> that over the last couple of weekends, we needed to have Harry Potter movie marathons so that everyone could remember all the references. So I played on my phone while they watched Harry Potter, <laughs> and I have no real recollection of Ravenclaw, like, at all. I yeah. don't remember anything about them. I know Gryffindor is like Gryffindor that's what Harry Potter is. That's is like USC the, colors. The, yeah, and they're okay. like the leaders. They're like the good guys. Slytherin is the bad guys. They're all snaky and like their leader can talk to snakes and stuff. Green and gray. Green and gray. Okay. And then um, Hufflepuff was like the happy, <laughs> fun, nice guys. And what what are their? I don't colors? remember Ravenclaw. It's, I'm trying What's to figure out if it's. I think the yellow and black. For Hufflepuff? Yeah. Huh. And then blue and brown or gold for Ravenclaw. Okay. So, so yeah, I'm, I think I'm good with Ravenclaw. I, I want to say that I'm Slytherin because I like to cause trouble and instigate problems. But I don't care for snakes. And <laughs> I don't think I'm quite as, like, evilly malicious as some of the, like, lead Slytherin guys are. So obviously I'm Gryffindor. All right, moving on to the next question. Shocker. (laughs) This one comes from Christy. This is actually a question that we've answered before, but I feel like the answer has changed. So what is the best streaming service? I'm still not... I don't know if I know, so... Well, right now I'm going to say the NFHS Network, because it's the only place you can find your local high school sports streaming, and we have local high school sports to stream. I have been feeling lately, and saying out loud lately, how many of these streaming services am I expected to sign up for? And that's so that you're now paying more than you were for cable. That's exactly where I'm leading. Because, like, all of them were like, well, we can start our own thing. We can start our own thing. We can start our own thing. And I was like, if only there was, like, a way that all of these could be bundled (laughs) together into a small... Oh, wait, that's cable. Yep. Yeah. So we are getting further away from cable and closer to cable at the same time. (laughs) Because people aren't going to subscribe to 10 different things. Like, right now, we have... The Hulu live TV thing, and the mostly we only have that so I can still watch live sports. We have Netflix, and I subscribed to HBO Max because there was a few things on it that I wanted to watch. I don't know what's best. I would say Netflix is best, but they're starting to lose some of the things that I liked the most. They don't like have the, the office. office anymore. They don't have Parks and Rec, Parks and Rec anymore. You're really choked up about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I Emotional. And so I feel more like... There, I don't think this model is sustainable. I don't think I think that a lot of these streaming services are going to realize that there's too much competition on the original content, and some of them are not going to make it, or all of them are not going to make well, it. Well, that's that's why The Office is gone, right? Because Peacock started, yeah. And Pe- so now, so now all of these places are like, oh, we can have our own, where we only are the ones that can show it, and it's exactly. just like TV used to be. So I. I don't know that I disagree with you, Justin, that long-term for the services themselves, it's sustainable. But as far as consumers, I don't really watch more than one TV show at a time anyway. 
And I think it's really common to binge watch entire shows. So it's not, and none of these, the thing that is consumer friendly about all of these streaming services is that you don't have to sign up for four years. Mm -hmm. So you can, you can subscribe to Hulu for Can you two do it on months. months? Okay. You can subscribe to Hulu for a couple months. I think you can cancel And then cancel and then go oh. subscribe to, to Peacock for a month while you watch The Office through and then go and subscribe. So it, it doesn't have to cost a lot more if you're willing to, you know, limit yourself at a time. You don't, you aren't locked into really long as long contracts as or anything Well, like there that. are five people who live in my house who all like to watch different things. So, like, my, that, that my tripping point is that, like, I'll see something pop up on a commercial and I'll think, oh, that show looks really cool. And then it's Apple TV Plus or whatever. And I'm like, well, dang it, I'm not spending money on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do TV that. Apple TV Plus flicks. Exactly. <laughs> I do feel like there's going to be a point where people, like... Your strategy would be great if I had any confidence in myself to remember to cancel the stuff. Well, but I don't. Here's, I have a different way of doing it, and it's Dana worked just out great. Borrows people's logins. Well, yeah. So here's that the is way. the millennial way, honestly, this, this, not not making fun of you. Exactly, and and so we pay for Netflix for us and a friend. So we have somebody How else many that we share. Uh, three, I think. Okay. I think we pay for three screens. I believe so. It might only be two, but I'm pretty sure it's three. And then we also, then we use Andrew's Amazon Prime. And which is so, a streaming service. Which I is a streaming forget, service. But. And so every now and then there's good stuff on there, like uh, movies. We generally look there for movies, but Do also. Do you not have Amazon Prime? Uh I think we're just on Andrew's. Yeah, they just use my I phone. think it's like a family thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you can um, share Prime benefits with a family member. I had no mm-hmm. idea. Yeah, yeah, so Andrew shares it with his sister, and so she has it. That's why she does all of our Christmas shopping. And then when I want to get something for her, I have to ask Andrew to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Hulu, we have another friend who shares it with that, that with us. And then Disney Plus, we have another friend. That, so we pay for one, and then we have other friends who share it with us. But we're also paying it. We pay for Netflix what for about, us and somebody else. What about people who don't have any friends? Then you're up a creek. <laughs> but I, I would say that when it comes to shows, we still are on Netflix most of the time. But we watched through like the second season of Jack Ryan on Amazon mm-hmm. and really enjoyed that. And Disney Plus, you know, it seems Disney like for, for Mandalorian. And now we're starting to watch through uh, WandaVision. Yeah. And all the Disney movies, it's kind of nice, you know, when you're like, ah, random movie night. Let's watch one of the old movies that we loved, like Robin Hood, where they're all animals. That's a great one. I See, love that movie. Uh, the majority of what I watch is on Hulu, Animaniacs, Pinky and the Brain, mm-hmm. Archer, Bob's Burgers. Yeah, I spend good stuff. far pretty more much time. just a Futurama. Pretty much just animated shows, but... <laughs> yeah. Far more time on Netflix than anything else, mm-hmm. but there are shows on Hulu that I like. I think that in part it's like because a lot of times I watch shows in bits and pieces like 10 minutes while I'm preparing food or something, and so I watch it on my phone, and Netflix on the phone is stupid easy and fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Courtney watches Netflix on her phone whenever she's like doing the dishes. And yes, stuff. exactly. Yeah. Do you not do dishes? I do just not watch Netflix. I, on no, I usually I usually am listening to a book or something when I do dishes. Definitely not the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm usually listening to Terry Pratchett or something when I'm doing dishes. 
What is books? What is books? There are these things that you can get that they'll read to you through the phone. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> they tell you a story it's, in your ears. It's, it's a story time. <laughs> oh, so what's the best streaming service? We don't know. I say, I say, I think it's Netflix, but. I also like I'm partial to I, Hulu at the moment because the reason I switched from cable to Hulu was because it has ACC network and that's the only way I could watch Tar Heels games. I I use Fubo TV for sports streams, yeah. which I've been I like pretty it. happy with for the price. It's a little cheaper, ends up being a little bit cheaper uh, than Sling TV and Hulu, I think. Uh, but also, there's so many other non-sports. If I could just pay the same amount and get a couple extra sport like red zone mm-hmm. and uh, a, cu- a few of the a few of the school networks and not get like 50 channels of rerun team television i'd be down with that yeah now i want to watch animaniacs <laughs> let's do it uh i think that's gonna do it for our show i think the streaming service though is really what works best for you and the couple that you want to pick because none of them have everything. It's true. That's what's know. frustrating. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> How many of these streaming services am I expected to pay for? And with that, that's going to do it for our show today. <laughs> so for my co-host, oh. <laughs> Justin the Beard Damashevich. No, say it the way I typed it. It's in all caps. <laughs> Justin, the beard, Dalmashevich. Thank you, and my co-host Daniel, Babyface Hargrove, and our trusty producer Andrew, Escape Gross. You've, You've been, been listening, listening to this. You guys want some espresso? <laughs> it's espresso. Funny, it's spelled just like the word escape. 